Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A brother and sister were renting a room via Craigslist near where I worked and went to school. Came over to see this place, looked great, they seemed to have their shit together. List of stuff that happened. No curtains in my room because the previous roommate stole them when he moved out. Garage was completely full of furniture from previous tenant, like 100% fully another person's life in there. As if the guy had left the house and never came back. They changed my rental agreement after I had packed my other place and showed up to drop second half of deposit. They attempted to charge me for a gardener I said I would not be helping pay for because they preferred that their tenant be very busy and not hang around the house all the time. If I'm not treated as an equal in the house, I'm sure as shit not putting in equal work or finances into maintaining it. They lied about how much the utilities and bills were. They also refused to produce copies of the bills saying, they pay them online. One of them had a four-year-old daughter who would cry and scream she wanted to go home and shared a bed with her dad in the next room. They wanted to charge me for parking in their half-empty driveway with plenty of street parking 24-7. One of them had been dishonorably discharged from the army and was talking to a friend while I sat next to him on the couch saying, sometimes some people just need to get hit. His buddy was going to court for beating some guy into a coma at a bar. 
When I told them I didn't want to pay for the charges, they became aggressive and said that I was getting technical with them. I pretended to make peace with them and slowly moved out over three days, but I left a bunch of shit there that I would have normally sold on Craigslist or given away to Goodwill and trashed their carpets, and took the curtains with me. Hash Knockertons is a warning sign. I was on the hookup section and replied to a girl's ad. She showed me pics of herself and didn't have horrible spelling or grammar, so I was fairly certain that it wasn't a scam. I drove to her place and texted her when I parked my car. She then started claiming that her sister had brought her niece over and that she wouldn't let me in unless I gave her friend $80 S to watch her niece instead. Her friend lived two buildings away from hers and she wanted me to leave the money under the rug at the entrance. There was no way in hell I was falling for something like that, so I just went back home. It was a huge waste of time more than anything. Bought four tickets last season to Bill's VS Jets game. $240 S for four tickets. Guy was very nice and all. Then massive snowstorm hits, game gets delayed and moved to Detroit. All tickets are refunded back onto original credit cards of purchase. I try contacting the guy many times to get my money back. He never responded. Just another warning about buying from Craigslist. I bought a used third generation iPod off Craigslist the other week. It started out simple enough, I mean I'm a broke teenage girl, where else was I supposed to get a new iPod that cheap and that fast? It wasn't really a hard search, I mean the only things I requested in my iPod hunt was that it was the same generation as my previous one, and that it had more gigs than my last. So I come across one in Jersey with 8GBS that was only $36S. I mean it was seemingly perfect, so hell yeah I jumped on that shit. My mom had my dad drive up to a mall or something and meet the kid to get it, because my mom watches Lifetime Movie Network, and she's seen the Craigslist Craigslist killer. But long story short, I got the iPod and I was a happy camper. So I turned the thing on and the person before me hadn't wiped it clean, which was actually pretty sweet because he had cool music on it like Nirvana, The Beatles, Jimi Hendrix, etc. So needless to say I kept his music on for a little while until I had time to fill it with my iTunes library. And it was also pretty cool to see the playlists the kid had made and whatnot. It was like learning all about some stranger through awesome music. But when the day had come for me to finally clear it off, I noticed something I hadn't even thought to look for before. There were videos on it. So of course I checked them out, and what I found was horribly disturbing. The first video was of three boys, all wearing dark ski masks and flannels holding baseball bats. The boys were riding in a truck, and you could see the one boy leaning out the window swinging at car mirrors and mailboxes. The other boys were yelling and laughing and blasting music as they continued driving. The footage fuzzed out and cut to the boys in a forest with something in a pillowcase. The camera zoomed in on something moving around and barking inside the bag. Then one of the two of the boys in the frame said, Are you recording? And they started taking turns hitting the animal in the bag as it howled. It was horrible, and I cringed praying it was fake. I paused the video. But curiosity got the best of me, and I clicked on the next one. This is where it got really awful. I can barely even think about it without getting nauseous on the spot. 
It was still set in the woods, the same boys concealed and passing around their camera. But this time it started off as just a hike. The guys were being sarcastic and talking into the camera with fake Australian accents, as if they were hosting a show on the animal planet. The one boy said, And now we come across the puzzling female, what a bitch. Women are a worthless little breed they are. The camera swung around to a woman that appeared to be in her mid-twenties slumped down against a tree. She had her hands and ankles tied with rope and her mouth was taped shut. The boys pulled out a knife this time and stabbed her in the stomach. She moaned and I just about threw up before running to call the cops and my parents. When the cops came, I was sobbing and dry heaving and telling them what I saw. But as I plugged my iPod back in, I found it was restored to its factory settings. The thing was absolutely blank with no traces of the videos anywhere on it or my computer. I still don't know how it happened or how it disappeared so quickly, but I know what I watched. We tried to get back in contact with the owner, but the email I had messaged him off of had been deactivated. My nightmare encounter Craigslist story from hell. It had been a year since my mother passed away. My ex-boyfriend of many years decided he didn't want to deal with my mother's illness or future passing. He conveniently stopped all communication with me and found someone else. He cut me loose no closure. It seems I was alone. No one had my back. No one was there to support me. I didn't know how I was going to move on with my life. My mother was my best friend, and cancer took her from me. After over a year had gone by, I decided to search the internet for places I can discuss what I was going through with someone, anyone. Writing was my release, and when shit hit the fan, I always found comfort in typing the blues away. A chat room or platform where I could vent was all I had in mind. I decided to go on Craigslist as one of the options. I know it's shady, but there is a section where you can just post things specifically. However, I soon realized that there is always someone posting inappropriately all the time even if it's unwanted or in the wrong section. Don't ask me how, but someone aged 40 replied to my post and then just kept writing and writing me until the wee hours of the morning. This went on for six months. He had told me his experiences, things we had in common, interests, work, life. And in those six months, he asked me several times to meet him for coffee nearby. What were the chances that he was so close to where I lived? I gently always turned him down. I had no interest in actually meeting with someone. None. One night, our conversation took a turn. He just wanted to see pictures of me. He sent some of himself. Clean-cut, office kind of guy, and not my type at all but friendly pictures. I did the same. I didn't want to, but I felt I had to send something. His reaction just was over the top. He showered me with endless compliments, and now was insisting on seeing me no matter what. I thought it would be harmless. After all, what could go wrong meeting at a local Tim Hortons for coffee full of people? I dressed myself, forced myself to look a little better than usual, but I didn't go all out. I wasn't thrilled about this meetup. I had never done this in my life. My previous boyfriend was from school, and I stuck with him all these years. I never did the blind dating or online relationship before. I heard some horror stories. But overall, I just was not prepared and so let down by men that I just thought this would go nowhere. I finally met Paul. He was like in his pictures, except he was full of scars on his face. 
Strange scars he quickly justified as having issues with acne when he was younger. I had issues, and these did not look anything like acne scarring. It was as though he had been beaten and healed badly. I did not concern myself with this. I listened to him for six hours at the coffee shop. It was open all night. I was glad not to be doing so much talking. However, some instances came off as a little fake and as though he was acting. I brushed this off. He began to tear up when he spoke about his grandparents passing away. The acting became worse. I felt bad thinking that it wasn't real. I refrained from comforting him. I usually would, but something made me not do it. We parted ways, and he was giddy and wanted to see me again. I went home and thought about it and said to myself, A. Hey, he is not your type. He lied about being 40. He said he was 48 and hoped I didn't mind. That should already have been red flag number one. We continued to see each other once a week. It was getting closer to the holidays and I love Christmas even though it's a sad time for me. I briefly thought maybe this Christmas I won't be alone if Paul is in the picture. And so, already by date number three, he had bagged me. How he manipulated me was unreal. Why I was giving this guy a chance, I don't know. I felt that at his age, and knowing about what happened with my mother, he was sincere and mature. I didn't see a future with him though. But he had me on the couch after dinner, and said to me, Would you see yourself marrying me? I did not want to offend him, and said yes. However, all I could think of. Was WTF was he talking about? It's just date number three. He began seducing me soon after he said that, and I was toast. I recall thinking that although that was red flag number two, this new adventure was exciting, and I easily forgot what had just happened prior to the sex. He was odd at times, though. I felt like he would talk down to me. I was fully educated and had several degrees. He had none. But maybe this was his way to feel like the man. I don't know. His mentions of past relationships seemed to be awful every time. He said women abused him and verbally as well. It made me aware of how I spoke around him. Not that I am abusive or controlling. I am quite passive actually, however he made me extra aware around him as though I had to walk on eggshells. That was another red flag. The more time passed, the more he grew on me. We emailed dozens of times a day and night in between every single day. He was attentive and always asked how I was doing. He asked me to be his girlfriend by date number four and I said yes. What else was I going to say? It felt weird that he had to ask me, but also, I felt it might be something suggested later on. But this was not the kind of experience I had had in the past. Maybe older men were just this way. They wanted to commit. His conversations began to change. He wanted me to do more crazy things in bed with him. He asked if I minded bringing some shower curtains, baby oil, and whatever other toys I wished. I went out and bought everything I could think of and gathered an actual carry-on and filled it with all these things. I got ready as per usual on the Friday night and headed over to his place. By the way, he kept his apartment pristine. Everything was neat, modern, and organized. I thought those were good traits. He had a room for his daughter for when she visited every other weekend, a room where he kept his geeky collectibles. His bedroom was in good taste and overall, it was immaculate really. He lived a little secluded in front of a big park in a duplex owned by an older Italian couple. I had not met them, but since it was Christmas time, they had brought Paul a huge amount of leftovers all made from scratch one of the nights I was over. 
I thought how typical it was of us Italians to be generous this way. I am Italian-Canadian, by the way. So Paul was lucky, he had good landlords. That night he surprised me with dinner. He did some things in the kitchen I disapproved of, but I did not bring them up. Having cooked for so many years and working in restaurants, I know protocol for cooking chicken, and he did not seem to follow basic rules when it came to handling chicken. He also mentioned reheating entire meals out of sheer laziness, rather than taking just the one portion and eating that alone. I did mention to him that you cannot reheat the same dish over and over again, especially with red sauce, cream, and meat involved. He didn't care and sort of snapped at me about it, that he would still do it, and it was fine. That was another red flag. I lost count, but my mind put it aside and ignored it. He also brought up being divorced and the reason he ended it despite a baby involved. He said she was too much of a morning person and he was not, and that her taste in music was not his. I did mention those were not reasons to get a divorce and he changed facial expressions and subject quickly. He had me puzzled when I least expected it, but always found a way to distract me from what had just occurred. That evening, we were supposed to venture into what was for me the unknown with all he asked me to bring. I opened my carry-on and showed him everything I brought including stilettos. He did not seem impressed. He began acting strange. I began to feel strange as well. I felt lightheaded. I thought a migraine was coming on so I excused myself to take a pill and drink water. I began to wobble and soon collapsed. I came to and felt that I had no clothes on. I could feel the pain of me having fallen hard. I could not speak or move much. What was going on? I soon realized it could not be my medication, it was something else. I had been drugged. I could see Paul hovering over me, feel the wood beneath my naked legs, and he was dragging me. His face was serious, and his eyes. His eyes were pitch dark and inhuman. WTF was going on, and what was going to happen to me? I felt myself being dragged into his collector room. Wait a minute, this was a different room. Not the same. Where were all his Star Trek action figures? He plopped me on a couch and I heard ripping noises. That was duct tape. Panic instilled inside me and I could not move. My eyes were in part covered with my long hair and I could just hear everything he was doing except make out his words. They sounded like they do in TV shows when people are drunk or stoned and they have heavily distorted voices. I felt my ankles being taped up and then my wrists. I wonder how long I would be dosed for. I tried moving my legs to kick him but nothing worked. I managed to keep my eyes open and I was aware. What was it he gave me? Was it in the food my water? He Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Taped my mouth and grinned down at me while wiping the hair away from my eyes. The creep. What kind of creepy asshole was this? He left this mystery room, shut the lights, and closed the door. I was now naked, unable to move, gagged, taped down somewhere, and didn't know what was going to happen to me or who the hell this guy was anymore. 
Thankfully, I could think pretty clearly, just my body wasn't working. I tried hard for what seemed at least thirty minutes to move. Nothing. He returned. He was holding the clear plastic shower curtain in one hand and a toolbox in the other. I really began to panic now and moans were actually coming out of my throat. He must have seen the panic and it seemed to feed him. This was not some innocent random hurting man on Craigslist seeking a friendly shoulder. This was a psycho killer, or God knows what the F else. I started forcing with all my might to get my legs to move. I felt piss coming out of me and the heat of it. I felt the warmth of it, wet and pooling beneath me then getting absorbed into the couch cushions beneath me. That had to be good, right? I remembered reading somewhere where hostage cases defecated themselves and made themselves dirty so their kidnappers would be repulsed and leave them alone. This calmed me down and I tried hard now to defecate myself. Yes, I tried shitting myself even if I could not feel a thing down there. He approached me with the plastic shower curtain as he was unfolding it, sniffed towards me and started swearing like hell. He was pissed and was throwing down the curtain to come take a look at me. He said and now I heard him clearly, you cunt, you pissed yourself, and my couch, you be word. And I saw his hand raising and coming down on me, but the blow was numbed out. He had blood on his hand so I realized he broke something or sliced me open somehow. Thankfully that pain was not kicking in yet. When you are in a situation like this, which counts as life and death, you block irrelevant pain out. I tried harder to see if I could shit myself literally. At this point, that was going to be my way out if anything. I needed to feel my legs and arms. I needed that shit to come out of me the drugs and whatever the hell I had inside my bowls. To repulse this creep and to get the drugs out of me. I didn't care about his couch. F him. I also had to find a way to make noise and alert his landlords just below me. They were Italian and this ass was not. I could communicate with them in Italian somehow, and keep this bastard in the dark a little fraction of a second, to buy me some time at some point in my escape, because after all the shit I had gone through, this creep was not going to be the end of me. I was not going to go down via some creepy F off of Craigslist. He rushed out of the room I heard rummaging, and he was talking to himself, and he had left that door open. I felt tingling in my toes and knew I was beginning to feel some parts of me and the drugs were wearing off. He could not know this, I had to shit myself. I focused with all my might and I felt uncomfortable squishiness in my rear end and the odor alerted me that it had worked. This was disgusting. This. Humiliation better save my ass, literally. He came storming back in with paper towels and all sorts of cleaning products. And then he dropped it all on the floor and rushed straight back overhead me and beat me hard. He called me every name in the book and knew I had shit myself. He stormed out again. This time I felt everything. I could not let on that I could feel though. I just lay there in agony. I felt my nose was broken. My ribs must have been broken. I felt searing pain so something was clearly open flesh and bleeding down in my midsection. I heard the front door slamming and his footsteps rushing downstairs. I also heard the start of an engine, and I immediately threw myself off the couch and rolled on the floor with a thud. I was facing the floorboards and put my ear down to listen if anyone was downstairs. I heard what sounded like a TV and some faint chatter. I tried moving but could not flip myself upwards to my side. I had to do something so I slammed my toes downwards on the floor hard. I did it over and over. 
I heard the TV go silent downstairs and movement so I continued slamming my feet down and knew my toes were broken by now. I just kept doing it. I found the will to shift my weight and turned to my side facing the door. I slithered myself to the door and kept banging my heels downward hard. I felt my body making streaking noises which were a combination of sweat, feces, piss and blood. I could not care less. I needed someone to come find me even if it meant in this state. I heard the door downstairs being jiggled with a key and the downstairs door opening. The stairway before entering his apartment echoed. I heard a male voice in broken English call out, Hello? I was trying to shout through that duct tape and banging with my heels and whatever body part I could including my head. Again, Hello? I banged more. I heard the door close and it was quiet again. I was now crying. My only hope just left and didn't even come and check upstairs. I continued banging downstairs. I didn't care. Then I heard the door opening again. This time the steps were hurried upstairs. This man was young. He said, F me. And he rushed over to me and whipped his cell phone out. He banged hard downstairs and dialed 911. What a sight I must have been. But as he crouched down to me, about to take the tape off my mouth, when Paul... The creep was standing right behind Joe and hit him on the head with a crowbar. I was crying and left staring into the eyes of my rescue angel, bleeding on the floor next to me. The only thought I had in my head was, it's over I am dead. Craigslist. Please God protect everyone else from ever finding that website and make it come crashing the hell down. I blacked out while screaming the loudest I ever could through that duct tape. I woke up hearing beeping sounds, electronic ones that were steady on repeat. The room was so bright, it was hard to open my eyes. Someone was standing over me. I heard, she's awake, and shuffling of footsteps. A female voice asked me my name, what day it was, where I lived. I answered in a robotic monotone voice I didn't recognize as my own. I barely got anything out. Why was speaking so hard? Suddenly everything became clear. I saw a doctor, several nurses perhaps surrounding the end of what was a hospital bed. Did not look familiar to me. I knew the hospitals well, and I could not place where I was. I heard a voice saying loud and slowly, You are cleared of danger. You are safe. You are at the hospital. It's been two days since you were admitted. I nodded to show them I understood. I felt I could not speak much yet. My throat was dry. I felt pain everywhere. I winced with every slight movement. A police officer approached me. He gave me his badge number and said some technical information that escaped me as soon as he said it. I jerked my head up at the mention of Paul. His real name wasn't Paul. He was a known sociopath called Gary Winston with previous string of assaults and jail time, ID theft, impersonation, and so many other online crimes. He was a known predator. He was known to have kidnapped and almost murdered many women over the years. I was his type. That made me regurgitate a little in the back of my throat. It seems he never succeeded at killing them. There was always something missing, or not enough evidence, and he would get off. No one could put him away for good. He was sloppy. Officer Frontenac proceeded to tell me that everything I did was incredible. He said that my strategy of defense could save future victims and I was very lucky that Joe, the landlord's son, found me when he did. His last thudding attempts downstairs alerted his father to also call police. They arrived shortly after Gary knocked Joe out. 
He protested his arrest and said Joe had attacked us both and Joe was responsible. Fortunately, both of Joe's parents alerted police that it was the other way around. I guess I will never know why this happened. I also question why me. After all I went through, I also had to have gone through a kidnapping, assault, and almost getting killed. Almost made me appreciate my cheating coward of an ex-boyfriend in comparison. I asked what happened to Joe, and I heard another voice. The angel came forward, and I lay there starring in awe. You, you came to save me. I though he killed you. I thought you were dead. No. He knocked me out. I have a few stitches, that's all. I am good. Joe offered me a wide and warm smile. The shred of hope I needed to realize that we both actually made it through this nightmare and we were alive. Broken, well I was, but alive. The officer continued and said that Paul, or Gary that was his real name, had been arrested. I could file for a restraining order. I was safe for now. Joe reached out and grabbed my hand. I began sobbing and smiling nervously at him. He knew I was grateful. All I know for sure is that, Gary or Paul, whoever the F you are, you better never show yourself to me ever again. I will tear you apart and make you shit yourself over and over if you tried. God help you. And God help you if you tried this with anyone else ever again. Hey Gary, you imposter from hell, I hope we never meet again. Update. After I got better, I decided to move. One night around 4am, I heard ringing at my doorbell. I ignored it but thought it was really weird. That morning when I went to open my door, I found the shower curtain at my doorstep. The creep knows where I live and he is out. I also got a bunch of emails like I had subscribed to porn sites, particularly chubby girl ones. This can only be him. I have installed a bunch of security cameras everywhere. I have the back of my front door full of makeshift weapons. I even acquired mace. Listen when I tell you that Craigslist is a messed up place. Stay away. Don't even consider it to browse or post things for sale. Stay away from it. My life is messed up because of one really bad decision. And then ignoring all the red flags that came afterward. I should have listened to my gut. I am an Airbeam host. I listed my property on Airbnb three years ago. It's an old cabin that my grandpa used to live in before he passed, nestled deep in the woods. After losing his wife over a decade ago, he moved out to the cabin in the oars, where he was surrounded by his favorite themed nature. Now, I only live about a half hour away from the cabin. I always go there to clean it between guests, even though it's off the beaten path. We usually have quite a lot of guests, especially in the summer. This past winter marked the first time I've ever had a problem hosting on Airbnb. I got a request from a girl named Bailey to stay at the cabin for the weekend. She was a college student who needed a quiet place to study for exams. We went back and forth, and my initial impression was that she seemed polite and kind. My wife and I like to offer discounts for college students, so we later offered her a 20% discount. Everything started out just like normal. My wife met her at the cabin, gave her the key, and drove back home to tell me that Bailey was content with the cabin. We had a five-star rating that we wanted to maintain, so we always aimed to accommodate the guests as best as possible. My wife and I went to bed pretty early that night when we were awakened by my wife's phone ringing. Whenever we have a guest, my wife puts their phone number in as a favorite contact so they can reach us at any time, even with the do not disturb setting turned on. 
calls this late were unusual, so both of us sat up in bed and put her on speaker. Hey, um, are you at the Airbeam right now? Bailey's voice trembled. My wife and I looked at each other with immediate concern. No, we're not. Why? What's going on? I keep hearing footsteps upstairs. I immediately grabbed the phone from my wife and told her, No, we're calling the police now. We're on our way. Can you lock yourself in a room? I handed the phone back to my wife while I called the police. My wife and I quickly got into our car. We had never had any sort of problem with the cabin, not even a faucet leak. This whole situation had us hysterical. Who else would be in the cabin? We pulled up to our Airbnb, where there were several cop cars out front. We introduced ourselves to the police as the owners and explained how we got a call from our guest mentioning the odd footsteps inside. The officer looked at us with an upsetting expression and said, Officers are still searching the cabin, but so far they haven't found anyone. Hearing that sent shivers down our spines as we realized that our guest might have been kidnapped. After further searching, there was still no sign of Bailey. We entered the house to unlock some of the doors that we keep off limits to guests, in case she somehow managed to get inside. There was nothing. As we walked through the kitchen towards the front door to leave, I noticed her laptop, along with several binders and a textbook, all left open, where she must have been studying at the time she called us. The immense discomfort of the situation made us sick. We eventually finished talking with the police and walked back outside, where canine units were preparing to search for her. We still haven't heard from her, nor have the police given us any promising updates. We just hope that she is okay. White couple walking down the highway. This one hit pretty close to home for me. I was renting an apartment with a friend, and we needed to find another roommate to help pay the rent. So we found this cute redhead on Craigslist who worked at a veterinarian's office. Turns out she had a terrible cocaine or heroin problem. Picture a girl, a two small spaghetti strap tank, visible bra straps, and elastic waist pajama pants. Fresh out of community college, she smoked Mavericks, did not have her own car, walked to work a few miles away, and sold her suboxone prescribed to her in rehab in order to buy heroin or cocaine. Also, she started having sex with my friend, my other roommate. Don't get me started on him. Much to her current boyfriend's violent disdain. She ends up getting pregnant, paternity uncertain. The baby stroller isn't an exact fit, however, because she had an abortion, thank merciful God. This abortion being her third. Long story short, we all ended up getting evicted because she blew all her money on drugs and got my friend to lie or steal money to support her habit. Last I heard, she tried to unalive herself. I didn't think I had one, but here it goes. Years ago, I landed an internship in D.C. I went on Craigslist to find a place. The first place I tried didn't work out, and I ended up staying at a hotel and surfing Craigslist for more places. It got dark, and I was desperate to find a place because I couldn't afford another stay at a hotel. I called a random ad and the guy wanted to come pick me up and show me the place. It was like 9.30 p.m. at night. I agreed. I told my friend and he slapped me back to reality. I just agreed to get into the car with a random stranger at night. Dude is on the way to the hotel, but I ring him up and tell him I don't want to see the place. He gets livid. I told him it's late and dark and he's yelling at me. 
asking if I was one of those stupid DC interns at Capitol Hill. I don't remember what happened, but I still think about how stupid I was, how I could have ended up in a bad situation just because I lacked common sense.